Hey there. This episode of Driving While Awesome is brought to you by Heel and Toe Apparel. Go to heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash DWA to get uh, 20% off your purchase of fine shirts and other things like that. It's Driving While Awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh, God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, this melts of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. If you have coilovers, no, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I threw it up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh... Yeah, I got some fun stuff. I, I I got got a call from the mechanic. I mean, we'll go into it on Sunday on Sunday's edition, but it was pretty hilarious. Um, so uh, this uh sounds hilarious. Thanks, thanks for the prep on the future funny story. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's yeah. Is it funny? Maybe. No, say no more. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> Be bold. Be bold. Art. Be bold. Slap me with a steak. <laughs> Uh, you should go watch that commercial. So wait, is that, does that mean no more, uh, most interesting man in the world? They gave up on him. They have some new guy with a weird nose. Oh, that isn't even Mexican probably? He doesn't really look Mexican. Yeah, that's usually the case. Like, isn't the, um, the original... The most interesting man is Like, he's like Swiss or something, right? right? He's like Swiss or Swiss German or some shit, yeah. Yeah, not Mexican. Um, alright, so... Yeah, we only have uh, what nineteen questions? Yeah, eighteen only. Yes, yeah, bastards. It's weird. Like a third of our usual. Maybe we're not as popular as we think we are. No, no, huh? We were eleventh on the uh, iTunes charts today. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Pat that's on the good. back. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> I know. I don't either. I don't know what you mean anymore. Right? <laughs> I don't know what anything means, man. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, what should we do? We should probably welcome people to Driving While Awesome podcast radio hour. Go for it, Brian. No, I've already done that bit. Everybody's <laughs> heard it. Every freaking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. <laughs> Who's I'm Lane. I'm Brian. Sounds like we've never done this before, and I'm Art. I know. <laughs> Should we try that again? Jeez Louise, no. Uh, that was painful enough. We can do it twice. Um, all right. Thank you for joining us. This is a Thursday edition. Is your mic on? Oh, yeah, it is. All right. Cool. Lane, Lane and I were just staring at each other like it was we were at a stop sign, and we didn't know who was going to go. Yeah. Just waiting true. for the other person but it was to go. Also like I was a, waiting for who was going to be bolder. Bolder. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> very happy. Uh, are you guys a Portlandia fans? Yes. One of my yeah. favorite skits was the Now You Go. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, you go. Now, you go. now 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 You Go. And then eventually a You Go just cruises by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. I like the one where they're they're uh, pretending to be uh, 911 dispatchers and everyone's calling in and, and it's the answer for every emergency is it's beats because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding everywhere. And they're like, have you had beets lately? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did. I had a salad. Oh, you're right. It's beet juice. And then one guy's like, I've been in a horrible car accident. He's like, are there beets involved? He's like, no, I'm in a car accident. He goes, wait, I crashed into a beet truck. <laughs> it's, Je- it's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always beets. Um, all right. So the best 
questions in the universe are ready to be answered. Who's in? I'm in. Oh, Brian. I'll try my best. (laughs) Bold answer, Art. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, Drivers Only Joe asks, a fun one from our podcast, if you could drive a Raptor through Big City blasting music, what song would you choose? Pick any ridiculous vehicle if the Raptor isn't crazy enough. I'm pretty sure we had a picture of me rolling, and I'm on a boat. Mm. All right, so Raptor through a city to I'm on a boat? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know, know about, about that. I don't know. Uh, is this like apocalypse? Is this like end of end of the world kind of thing? Or somehow just a city? you're blasting through the city, and you don't have to worry about tickets. I'm imagining. Maybe you have to get your wife to the hospital for a, you know, baby coming. You're gonna out. blast music while you're doing that? Uh, I guess you wouldn't do I'm that. I'm guessing huh? that they just want to be obnoxious. There's a good reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just picture this as just like as as obnoxious as possible, right? It's like what is that like that Mercedes G wagon truck six by six thing, six by yeah, six in like yeah. that tennis ball yellow or whatever. Um, yeah, I think uh, so. like yeah. something like that. I would I would make it like really paradoxical though. Like I would be playing like some really slow like piano sonata very very loudly, uh, like yeah, like, like Satie's Gymnopedie number three. For the folks out there, that's what I was. Yeah, for sure. I hate that you just said that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I yeah. like Warren's response. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. How about some Jobin? Jobin, Joba. Anyone? No. Okay. I have no idea what that means. God, you guys get some culture. Read a book once in a while. Oh, is that a book? Yeah. No, oh, it's, a it's a song. <laughs> okay. But do you read books? <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, what do you read? So much time. I'm just constantly reading novels. <laughs> what are you reading these days? Oh, you know. <laughs> no, go on. The Handmaiden's Tale. <laughs> all nothing Is but that a uh, Disney. Book? I picked some Disney movie. <laughs> it's a new Netflix show. A new Netflix show. Or Hulu show <laughs> I can totally picture uh, Lane uh, reading the book. Lane reading uh, Danielle Steele. You know, some, with like a Fabio or Fabio <laughs> yeah. on the cover or something. <laughs> Fabio, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, he goes on to ask uh, also things other owners do to their cars that bother you. For example, I hate when people lean on their cars. I don't know about that. Um, You're just going to skip over his first question? No, we we answered it. Do you have an answer? Oh, well, I mean, just art answer. Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, uh, the Misfits or something. Or The Descendants. Okay. Super loud. I'd, I'd, I'd want to be in like a caddy oh. four-door, but with the roof cut off. Oh, some Agent Orange. Some, like, some Agent Orange. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some kind of punk rock, skate punk. I like yeah. it. And um, then uh, annoying things that people do to their cars or around their cars kind of thing. So yeah. he said leaning on cars. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, he's saying that other that owners do to their cars. Mm. Yeah, and then he, that bugs yeah. him. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think, it's a, your own I think it's a bold move. It's a bold. <laughs> a lot of bold. Boldness in this podcast. Yeah. Art, anything come to mind? Mm, I don't know. The only thing that comes to mind is something that we've beat to death already. Is just people just like thrashing their cars and keeping a bunch of trash in there. Lane's like, "What are you talking about?" Trash, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at my car. Right now. <laughs> don't go look at my car. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I hate it. So being a, like a passenger in a manual transmission car, I don't like when some people hold the 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 stick. Oh, you're not supposed to. Too. Yeah. And then I also don't like it. The people that hover their foot on the clutch pedal. 
Like uh, they almost have uh, it. They kind of like arresting, arresting it on the clutch. Always oh, burning shit like up. Cringeworthy stuff, you know. The one that I bothers the shit out of me is when people are driving an automatic transmission and never downshift. Hmm. Really? What? It's the engineers have developed the transmission to have drive, maybe a fourth gear, maybe a third gear, maybe a low oh, for uphill and shit. Yeah. And these. People go downhill every single day down Highway 17 and never select oh. anything but drive. Or turn over And they're riding off. their brakes the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. The car is designed to downshift and use the engine to brake, yet they've gone through their whole existence never selecting fourth. These That's things keep you up ridiculous. at night, I can Ridiculous. I want to say stuff to people. Yeah, and the car is going to go to top gear usually. Always, because it wants so, to give you the yeah, best mileage, yeah, exactly. so it's constantly... So you have to, you have to use the brakes. brakes. It's constantly yeah. wanting to go as fast as possible to give you the least resistance. Unless you're in like a modern automatic where you can put on sport mode. Only in sport. Yeah. yeah. But if you're just in regular drive mode, it won't yeah. down to it'll, it'll always be at the lowest gear possible. It'd to be, go, go, go. Or high, highest gear. It'd be rad to get that statistic. Like, if, you know, now cars are all electronic, they keep track, like... Who has downshifted yeah. out of the entire United States? Like, what percentage of the people actually downshift on downhills? You were on uh, Reno trip. Yeah. And we, we rented a van. and had Way too hungover to remember that. <laughs> so blasted, so buckled. Yeah. But on the way back down uh, from Reno, we had we had hired our friend's little brother to drive us a bunch genius. of de- degenerates in a van to <laughs> Reno and back. Um, which is genius. He's a little younger, but still good driver. But he wasn't overdrive or whatever was to, totally off his radar. He was just driving, you know. Yeah. And so I was like telling him, just take overdrive off when you're going down 80 all the way into Auburn. You won't have to ride your brakes all the time, which he was doing. He's like, oh, okay. But before that, changed his life. Yes, one person it's, at a time. Good on you. Good yeah. on you, mate. But we have friends that I've driven with recently. Automatic transmission doesn't doesn't uh, enter their equation. I mean, yeah, maybe we need to have a short list of public service announcements, I and mean, maybe that makes a cut. Yeah, I don't know. Um, having low tire pressure. Oh. I'm just driving around like that. Yep. Bugs the hell out How of me. How about over? All right, what are you doing over there? Yeah, what are you doing, Art? What are you doing? You're scratching. Whoa. Whoa. You're, <laughs> you're like in the kitchen or something. You're, dude, it sounds like you're shuffling shit. Stop doing whatever you're doing. No. Just yeah. freeze. Literally just freeze. Don't even breathe. Don't even <laughs> breathe. <laughs> All right. Honestly, are you like sharpening a knife or something? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I have this Japanese knife that is just like I'm staring at it and it's just not Dude, where? Quite... Are you taking well, a piss? <laughs> oh, he's obviously doing something important. Yeah, you're kind of screwing up the podcast, man. <laughs> no, I'm not. Don't worry. Um, no one can hear anything. All right. For the 150th podcast in a row, you're screwing it up. There we go. Now stirring it up. Leafy. I just realized, you know what I was what I was doing wrong is uh, I had the wrong earbud in, and you guys were listening to some weird ass shit. Thank you, Art. Thank you so much. The you listeners, thank now. you. We thank you. Um, leafy underscore Lotus. Hey guys, thanks for answering my question last week about a route full of twisties. My question this week is about lift off oversteer. How do you get out of it? Most people just say you were going too fast. And leave it at that. But what do you do to get out of it? Thanks again. You give it gas. Give it gas. Yeah. You get back on it. Go faster. Yeah. I mean, you're. I don't know what else. You're or supposed you could, to use it. Or I guess you steer. You steer out of it, or steer through steer it. into it. Yeah. Steer through it. If you're, if you're, you know, you need to slow down. You can't go faster. But right. I mean, the way to prevent it is, of course, just like being more gradual with the way you lift off. Like, yeah. 
you know, if, if you're power on, don't just drop it. Uh, well, obviously, he knows what liftoff oversteer is. <laughs> but you can but use you're, it. You're to supposed like, to use, you use it. it to like bring you through the turn. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. To like, rotate the car. Learn to be one with it. That's that's the real <laughs> learn answer. To be, yeah, Miyagi, Miyagi song. Speaking of books, I was reading uh, the Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi. Oh mm-hmm. hell yeah! You guys, are you familiar? Yeah, you know what I do. Nice. Um. It's about a, it's a, the samurai who, at the end of his years, he's like 60 years old. He's won every fight he's been in. He uh, goes up into the hills to write a book on strategy, basically, or the way of samurai. Yeah, but it extends to everything. Mm. So it's a book about samurai, but it's also a book about everything. How are you applying it to your daily life? I don't know, man. How did, how did the? It's a long. It's a long I'm process. Trying to figure out how the five rings came up on a liftoff oversteer conversation. I have no idea. Uh, well, because he said you have to be one with it. Uh, one with it. I said he's Miyagi. Yes. He called me yes, Miyagi. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, and I almost mentioned it when we were talking about books, but so I had to. I feel you. Um, but yeah, no, I think you guys covered it. Brian yeah. read a book, you guys. I, I was thinking about you, Art. I was wondering if you were into I that I actually shit. have read that book, too. Yeah. Um, there's one little... Uh, now Now that we're on tangents, I got I to gotta push this to the limit. Uh, so... We weren't really on. (laughs) There was this Bruce Lee movie. I can't remember which one it was, but like, it's this one where he like basically some guy challenges him and he finally accepts the challenge. And then he get, he, he coaxes him to get onto a boat with him. And then he like, um, basically goes and supposedly going to fight him in the boat in the lake and pushes him out of the boat. Um, like, and, and then he just takes off and that's how he wins the fight. Um, that's, that's actually a Miyamoto Musashi inspired thing. Uh, that, cause he did that and he wrote about it. So fucking copycat. Nice. Mm. I like how you tie it into the, uh, I'm on a boat motherfucker. Oh, yeah, song I, from I, the that beginning. was totally what I was thinking. <laughs> All right. Um, the real Gordon Dumas asks, what are some cars or car trends that you used to be into, but now you don't care for? For me, it's Lamborghini Aventadors. I used to love them, and now I'm just over it. It's interesting. Mm. That is interesting. Um, Volvos. I used to love. Volvos. I used to love Volvos. Yeah, but you, you still, still do. like the early Volvos. I do like the early ones, but I was into 850s, uh, V70Rs. You would have been one of those guys that could never. Yeah. Checking out the tune he put on. Yeah, when I was 22, I was pretty into that scene. When I was, uh, like, 15 or, uh, I guess, 14, uh, on the front of my binder, I remember I had two pictures. One was a Dodge Viper, and one was this uh, this uh, Miata. It was purple Miata <laughs> with wide tires and, like, a body kit. And it's kind of random cars. I still do like Vipers, although at the time they were like my favorite car ever. Dream now car. Now it's, yeah, dream car. Now it's like, you know, another interesting choice out of many. Yep. Um, but I don't know where I uh, got the little Miata thing from with the body kit. I, I, I don't, I've never, I don't know. I don't like body kits now <laughs> for sure. Uh, Art, how about you? Well, I think the obvious one for me is uh, the whole Japanese scene. Um, I mean, especially Civics and you're still into I mean, that though. You own an NSX, just not the front wheel, just drive. not the front wheel drive. But that's like the whole thing, right? I mean, I guess the main deterrent for me is really just yeah. like 
I mean, there's several things and I mentioned it before. It's like, it's just like a shitty scene with the people. Like, it's not like really cool, honest people that are in the scene for the most part. Uh, you can't really like enjoy your car without being concerned about getting stolen. Um, but also just the looks like aesthetically, like they're cool. Like I, I'll look at them and be like, all right, that's nice. But I don't have any desire to actually own like a tricked out Civic or a CRX anymore. Um, and before, I mean, that was kind of my bread and butter, you know, um, totally outgrew that man. All right. Yeah. Dude, in high school, I feel like um, percentage-wise, I was way more interested in the American cars and muscle cars. Like, in high school, I, I, I liked the European cars, but, like, I equally liked the American hot rod stuff and, like, muscle car. But now it's... There was more of that in high school, probably. It was just easier to it see. Was easy, it was more accessible, I think. Yeah. They were uh, cheaper. Like, a lot of the muscle cars and stuff, and there was more kids who were kind of into it. Uh, I would say... I used to really like the aesthetic of like, you know, a good stance with big, the most modern big wheels and tires kind of, you know, and really? small tires. I think that was just like the trend at the, at the time, you know, was putting like, it was all about getting like 35, oh man, that thing has 285s or 35 series tires or something, you know, like that. And now the, my aesthetic has changed to where I like a big, big fat sidewall mm. you know yeah for sure that's funny i never knew you felt that way i think most people did though you definitely never tires. had a car like that no i didn't but i think i aspired to have that but i probably couldn't afford it you know <laughs> yeah because that's pretty expensive wheels especially in high school yeah. you know you're i mean getting... i wouldn't have done that on 914 either or something like right. what else did i have really you know well that's a good thing because yeah. some people do yeah back that's then true. i was i that that's like I was still white letters out, big sidewalls, like same guy. Yeah, yeah. Purple me out of body. Everyone kit. keeps a little, yeah. a little um, element, you know, like blue lug nuts, right? Yeah, no, you gotta keep, <laughs> yeah. it, keep <laughs> it going. Um, all right, PFM California. Do you think there's still room for the gifted individual in the car design world, or is this role gone forever? I'm thinking along the lines of Marcelo Gandini. Paul Brock, etc. People whose vision of what a car should be influenced car designs for a very long time. Has this role been replaced entirely by focus groups and teams of designers, or are the manufacturers simply being careful to protect brand identity? It's a very good question. I think he kind of answered it, but I also think a lot of it's like regulation. So there's a box you have to create within, yeah. right? To yeah, start you with, have this, which has you changed. have really strict guidelines now as to what you can do. Yeah. Where before, you know, back in the day, back in those days, you could, you know, you didn't have your front end didn't have to be a certain height. You could do whatever you know. You can basically do whatever you want. I mean, the headlights, you know, for the United States, I don't know when that started that the headlights had to be a certain height and stuff. Yep. But you could, you know, they weren't. It wasn't as crazy as it is now. Like we're the front ends, you look at these BMWs, the new BMWs, they look kind of awkward because that the front end has to be so tall. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're kind of that. And then you also have the big focus groups and, and you have also the, the brand identity and all this. So there isn't a lot of, you don't see like one guy just designing a car. Although there are guys that get credited with a design still. Like Bengal or I mean, yeah, what was uh, the last one that you can remember that uh, the Japanese guy that designed the uh, the Enzo and um, for for Ferrari oh, and Pininfarina. Yeah. I can't think of his I name. I mean, right that now. is 
12, 13 years ago now. And I think he did some other stuff more recently, but... Um, but that guy has a, a design studio in Japan. Right. But he hasn't really... What about um That's also Jill? like a hot... That's also a supercar. That, right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what about Jill's uh, for... Ralph Jill's? Yeah, for uh, Dodge. Oh, I mean, what has he done? I thought he's kind of has his hand in everything, but I think it's still a big committee. Right? Yeah, it's a huge committee. Yeah. Like, I don't think he has really... What? Like, it seems like, I mean, to have all this work, you actually have to have designs that really stand out, you know? Like, you can see one person's vision. Um, and so many cars today are just like, they don't stand out. Like, it'd be yeah. interesting to look at the cars that do. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, remember when Dodge pickups went all gnarly? Uh, with that, you know, grill that looked like a yeah, a, like a semi truck. Three like, was there like a single designer behind that sort of thing? Typically, there is. If you look up those designs, there'll be someone credited yeah with it. Just like we were looking at the PT Cruiser. Yeah, it'll be like a team leader will be credited. With yeah, it. but there's definitely twenty people behind him, and then all the bean counters and you know, yeah, uh, CEOs and such that are re- giving their approval. So I guess. Yeah, that's interesting because as car companies become more focused on design, they may grow their design teams with the end result being you have these giant design teams where everything is designed by committee and you end up <laughs> designing think, these like cookie cutter standard yeah, cars. Like, but won't, won't the design, the committee, each de- designer comes out with a basic idea and then they go with that idea and then kind of whittle it down, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they'll they'll all kind of people will submit kind of ideas but it's around obviously a certain like they have a certain box they have to fill like it yeah um, front wheel drive four door yeah and, then, and like I remember one of the hardest things in school was always like the bumper has to be like a certain it's like six inches forward from the headlights or something yep so that's like a hard one to get around where you can't you can't do as much cool you know you can't do this cool round stuff yeah. that you want to do um but so people come up with all these designs, but then it'll go to like a committee to like really iron that out, right? right? So, and then a lot of times it'll just, you know, I mean, obviously if you're designing like an Accord, you know, a family sedan or something, you're kind of dumb to be bold, right? And they know that, like, they're not going to go and, yeah, like Ford Fusion is not going to have crazy design well, elements. Yeah, and that's almost that Except almost the could Prius be. always does, and they're fucking terrible. Right. That's but true. you have to go, and they're but they almost try to be like bold, yeah, just to be to the stand the weird kind of look at me. I'm a hybrid. I mean, that's a different way of looking at I, it, I, I think, guess. But it doesn't. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, oh, I was gonna say, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, oh, go for it. The the only way that I think this works is for like the bespoke kind of more coach buildy type like low production specialty cars like the noble or koenigseggs of the world or even the spikers you know like that type of stuff where they have a lot of freedom because they're super low production and they're super niche and they can you know they're very focused on a very specific thing so um and market ultimately right whereas like you know if you're and even those i mean the nobles nothing like I mean, none of those cars really are that outlandish or have really created a, a look. Dude, really. the Gordon Murray's uh, McLaren F1 is like... Yeah, I'm trying to think of recent examples. That's not recent. Not really. I mean, but, not, but it doesn't really... It didn't no, really dude, as a design like that, I, you know, maybe you could separate out. Like, I'm mixing in functional and all that, but that's a single designer 
credited with the entire car. He worked with a few other people, but yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Everybody has, you know, even back to the... Yeah, totally. The designers that PFM California is talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, even... or But yeah. it's like you, you need that one person that sees it through. It's kind of like... It's kind of like the Steve Jobs things with with Apple, where you know it's like you have one person that's Johnny dedicated Adams. to, uh, uh, you know, keeping the purity of the concept, and yeah. otherwise, it's easy to go uh, just totally vanilla. Mm-hmm. That's but then example. you can also be super polarizing, which usually a a good or a bad design is polarizing, Dude, and, then, and then people don't like it. You know, there's these there's like the Prius. That's like the only th- modern equivalent that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it stands out for how ugly it is. Maybe it's the way that they're marketing themselves. The old days, it was uh, Bruno Sacco, and they had some sort of reputation. Now it's just a lot of design houses too. Back in the day, yeah, mm-hmm. Pina Freeney, totally. Fertone, you know, yeah, yeah. Sauchik. One that we yeah. left out was uh, Fisker. Fisker, yeah. yeah, yeah, very, yeah. That's Henrik. one. No, I mean, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity for you know some car manufacturers to, to get back into that a little bit and set themselves apart. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The only person that we follow on Instagram that is in that role is Ralph Jills of Chrysler, and uh, I think he comes off as a pretty good good example of it. But if he's a he's a lead. He's a head lead of design designer at, uh, at Chrysler, as far as yeah. I know. Um, I believe and Fiat so. as well, right? Mm, Don't they? Fiat. Oh, I thought they kind of oversee it all. Anyways, <clears throat> um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Explosorus, am I a bad person for wearing driving gloves? Related question: Why do they insist on putting Alcantara on steering wheels? It gets grossed almost immediately. Art, is he a bad person for wearing driving Absolutely gloves? Absolutely not. Especially, I mean, you know, some people get... Especially if you have all That's exactly it. Like, the only way to actually preserve that shit is by wearing gloves. Because, like, your sweaty-ass hands and grime or whatnot. Uh, yeah, keep your it. plastic on your couch and uh, don't take your plastic off it's your iPhone. It's the only way to get and... grip on Alcantara yeah, as well. that's what they're gloves. made for. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You, should, right. you shouldn't have them Alcantara's on the Alcantara is, like, so dumb as a consumer product. It's not supposed to be. It's like, all right, let's that's go around, what it's designed for. Let's go around the table. Is he a bad person for wearing driving gloves? Art has already chimed in with no, because he wears driving gloves. He's not a bad person, but... Uh, Brian, well, go. We don't like you. No, I would never say he's a bad person <laughs> for something stupid like that. But, I mean, I'd be interested to hear more about, like, why. You know, I would imagine it's, like, it back in the day, it's probably because you're sawing at the wheel so much, you get blisters on your hands. Yeah, and they're hard as a rock, wood, or metal. Yeah, right. It's the, it's the material. But now, basically, the steering wheels... Uh, have gloves on them and they're ergonomically fit to your yeah, hand right so anyone else Lane do you have an opinion here I just said I don't think he's a bad person but I don't like you <laughs> he has a GT3 by the way I don't care oh yeah <laughs> I, don't I don't understand care. driving gloves why why would you do that Alcantara is awful though but if you do to clean Alcantara just use water and do it every you know as often as you, you know, every month or something, just to keep it up, and it won't get matted down and disgusting as all hell. Yeah, I mean, because it's basically like having a cloth steering wheel. It's disgusting, dude. Yeah, my Volvo had it. It was awful. Yeah. And suede, like I'll get Lamborghini wheels in. You know, if cars with, you know, with five thousand miles on them, and the le- the suede is so matted down, it's like shiny, and it's just that's someone's sweat and. 
disgustingness from their hand. Yeah, like dirty assholes. Is like, what uh, made it look like, like old that. shift knobs that are just like all like gunked up. Yeah, and they smell. Dude, I will say that I had uh, an Alcantara wrapped Momo in my race car, and it's like one of the most amazing things yeah, ever. Yeah, and you're wearing gloves. And I would cover it with a uh, Hello Kitty steering wheel cover. <laughs> Hello Kitty steering wheel cover. <laughs> Yeah, I wore racing gloves, driving gloves for go kart racing, because I was. There's a difference between racing gloves and driving gloves. Too. These are racing gloves, yeah. t- technically, but whatever. those those steering wheels are uh, Alcantara or whatever. Mm, they're probably fr- not. They're fuzzy. No, fuzzy wheels. I can't remember. They probably aren't. No, that's more of a driving glove sort of situation. <laughs> is it actually go karting? It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because you're freaking sweating. That's a little wheel. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I guess that's our automotive opinion there. Um, I think it's the automotive opinion. That's true. Drivers only <laughs> goes on to say, uh, "This is for art. Why not convert the 2002 to EFI? Everything about the EFI is better than carbs." Especially if you ever end up with more than one on an engine. There's plenty of paths to take depending on budget and abilities. But I think that's kind of why you bought that car, right, Art? Uh, yeah, dude. Um, for the for, To put more carbs on it or to go potentially EFI? <laughs> or just to not to not have EFI. You you chose one with carbs. Uh, well, not necessarily. I just chose the best example I can give for the dough. So, I mean, um, I have looked into that. It seems insanely expensive. Um, like the most cost-effective solution I've seen is around 2500 to like 3500 bucks. So, I mean... I don't know if I want to throw that kind of dough at this car. I mean, for that specific purpose, you know, like, I mean, I think, um, I do intend on kind of having a carb experience with this car, so to speak. So, I mean, it's, this is an opportunity to learn this particular freaking, I don't know. What do you call it? <laughs> Lifestyle. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I think, I think as it is with kind of what we're into in general is like, it's not always about the best. You know, the best way would be to buy a brand new, you know, if you want the most efficient thing, you buy a brand new car. But that's obviously not what we're doing or you want, really. You want a little bit of that rawness. You Like, there is something to firing up a car and, you know, I know your car doesn't have a choke, but pulling a manual choke and kind of doing that and smelling the fuel burning and all that stuff. I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of... It all goes back to that sense of occasion. Yeah, for sure. I said it. Sense of occasion. Reducing electronics. And for Art's case, I mean, flipper art, like, I don't think it adds, if anything, it may take away value if you do some conversion like that. If you, you could spend 2,500, I don't think you're going to get any of that. No, you're not going to get any back. Tail side. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a shit ton of work. Oh, sorry, God. But yeah, yeah, I was uh, just gonna say yeah. it's it's a ton of work too. Like, there's so much work involved to do that. Like, it's just time that I don't want to spend. You know, for basically what Lane described. You know, like I'm I'm deleting a certain aspect of the car that I want to experience. So it doesn't make sense for this car for me. But yeah, for you, for that car, for you. But I don't think we should move on before saying that I like I think if you're if you were planning on keeping that car for ten years, dude, I think it would be absolutely totally. worth it. You know, uh, you may want to tweak with carbs, but that is kind of a unique case. Like, I think most people just want a fun motor and, uh, you know, reliability and better performance wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad thing. And, uh, it's definitely a cool option to be able to do stuff that looks kind of stock. But, you know, I mean, it just feels like we're in a, 
it, it's only now really starting to gain uh, broad acceptance, yeah. and um, the kits are probably fairly plug and play at this well, point. Yeah. Although that's I mean, expensive, twenty five hundred. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and I think you know something as simple as like reading about like how elevation affects a fucking carbureted motor. Like I read that every thousand feet of elevation, you lose three percent of your overall of your horsepower, and that's if you actually rejet it for that. Like it's crazy, and I mean at at four thousand huh. feet, you're already at, you're losing twelve percent of your overall power. Well, but are you losing that for, on any that's car? That's true for any, every motor, any yeah. car, not necessarily. Yeah. So not as much. Well, you're Dude, losing. Some Power. Power, yeah, you're but it's something. not as drastic because you're you can compensate like it's it's actually you know taken into account like atmospheric pressure and like in air density like so you can versus you know just a, a um, you know a carb that's like set up for a very specific thing and then uh, we might have to take this discussion off the off the record or something yeah it seems like you'd be able to do you know you, you, you can tune whatever, any carb to do it. yeah there. it's just a major pain in the ass you know where. Uh, yeah, five does it automatically. Yeah, no, I mean, from my understanding, yeah, we, we we should take this off, but uh, I I I understand that. <laughs> no, that's cool. <laughs> Fuel injection is better. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Dusty Snowman asks uh, Art, "Do you plan on prepping the new 2002 for vintage rallies? Can we expect to see it on the next Coastal Range Rally?" If I have it long enough, yeah, it's def- that's exactly what I intend on doing. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't I take that's exactly well, what you... I mean that's like what this car that's what, I mean that's kinda like my mindset. Well no, I'm I'm talking more about I'm more talking about his first question, uh talking about the vintage rally thing. Yeah, for sure. Because I was gonna ask you about that specifically on the Sunday gotcha. edition. No, no doubt. That is I mean, all the modifications I will make to the car will be kind of in that spirit. So I mean, for sure. Okay. Um Stephen Powling. If a sponsor were to give you an unlimited budget to race any motorsport series, which series would you race in? Ooh, I like this one. I have an answer. Go. World Rally Championship. B team. B team. The second oh, okay. car. Like the feeder series. Like Volvo 240s and BMW no. 30s and stuff? No, no. But He's talking WRC. World Rally Championship. But not the top like dogs. The 1600s. Yes, the the what polos, the polos, and the, oh, okay. the junior class. The yeah. junior class, because you get to go to all the events so around the world. The raddest travel, but it's Australia, not as crazy and fast. Not as crazy and fast. Not as demanding for your time. You don't have to do all the interviews and yeah. and press events, and not yeah. as much pressure on you and stress and sponsors and all that. And then maybe you get to go to the parties once in a while, and you still get to rally. Yeah, and it's not as life threatening. Definitely not as life threatening. Yeah, I'm going the opposite direction. Here. Although <laughs> that's a perfect answer. <laughs> okay, that's my that's my answer. What's your Damn, dude, I was uh, basically the exact opposite. Um, I would like to dive in like into the World Endurance Championship and like race at all the endurance races around the world and ultimately uh, race at Le Mans, like in a fucking sick ass like uh, Porsche prototype car or Toyota, whoever whoever the hell decides to sponsor or sponsor us or whatever. Uh, but. Toyota is that a yeah, new company? Yeah, fresh. Uh, but the the idea there is is really because I want to dive into the whole like the madness of it all, right? Like I want to do the press conference, I want to do the parties, I want to do like the. There's a lot of I know that 
for lack of a better term, there's some glamour involved there, but it's fucking hardcore oh also. God. Dude, I would love to see you glamorous Art Cervantes <laughs> <side> with a <laughs> podium. I would not like that Pop very that much. champagne. Uh, but I mean, what I was going to say, though, is that, like, you know, from an external perspective... Warren, I would be on the hill with our gun sniper. That seems like... That, I mean, it <laughs> seems glamorous, but I know it's a lot of work, right? Like, I um, just even in Mark Weber's book that I read recently, like, I read Aussie Grit, uh, and it's he talks about about like how he um like how much physical fitness is involved and like just concentration and it i mean it's a it's a yeah. fucking serious job you know um uh, but jensen button just hangs out on boats and parties that's the way to roll yeah i guess huh he, he doesn't do yeah. anything all right what about you that's guys he doesn't race anymore <laughs> i know huh i mean f1's pretty awesome is it on that way you'd want to be into that you'd want to do that dale it's kind of like but a train wreck. The whole circus yeah. of it all—it's pretty. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the up. It's the highest form of racing. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't seem like a lot of fucking muck. Would you have fun, Lane? A lot of tumult. I think so. Yeah. I don't think you would. You'd be so over it in I bed, would be in over bed it. by nine thirty. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking over it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd want to do like a local autocross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that too, like a vintage. I'm like, do I really want to go anywhere? Dude? Yeah. No. Like Chris Harris in his E30 rally car looks so fun, and that's yeah. local in the woods, having barbecues oh, over yeah. fire vintage pits. Rally and looks fun. Yeah. Looks great. Camping, yeah. rallying. Dude, uh, you you could say the race one event a year or something. Yeah. yeah. What's what? What are the ones where they like redo all the Alps? You know, rallies like. There's like yeah. a real vintage European circuit, right? Like I don't know if there is a circuit, but I know they do like yeah, events. major events. Yeah, you, that's Sounds more your speed. Though. How about like Goodwood and stuff? I'll just go to Goodwood, Monterey, do the vintage stuff. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty rad. All right, we came to an understanding. What car lane? Yeah, do a Merker XR4Ti. I'll do like just a, do a 917 Mercedes, Mercedes SLR or something. Whoa. Oh, wow. I do CSL Batmobile and just catch air as cool. often as possible. Dude, Warren, I kind of like your answer. I, I'm I'm struggling right now trying to. I'm wondering if the 1600 front wheel drive would be enough for me. I, I think I might have to bump up a little bit. How about maybe uh, be a privateer motorcycle drag race? No, that could be you, Brian. Just some, <laughs> old, some good leathers, mitts, just freaking grab. You know, yeah. always working out those hands just yeah. so you can hold on and like. Hours and days and weeks of preparation Dude, for like four seconds. How about tractor race? A, a very close competitor was would be great. Tractor pull, yeah. Dude, MotoGP. Yeah, That's a good circuit. Awesome. That's a good circuit. MotoGP. Whoa. How gnarly would that be? I mean, it's kind of F1 for motorcycles, yeah. right? I think it's way better. How so? Better. I don't know, dude. Like, all the passing that happens, and it's, dude. Oh, the actual on track is better. Yeah, and just in general, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I don't watch enough of it to, like, understand how much hoopla there is, but it feels like it's more, like, core rather than, yeah. you know, a lot of show. Where do you where do you get to watch that? Is that on? There was just a period of my life where I was uh, folding pizza boxes at a pizza place. No, I'm with Watching you. that on I Sunday mornings, it. yeah. Duhamel. It used to be on Speed Vision. Yeah, Duhamel was my guy. I went and I went to one at Duhamel. I did too. I there. went to a couple. That was great. Um, Racing Ali answers a question from the podcast, but I'll read it anyway. Um, he's talking about uh, Art's EFI setup. He says something like Gen V Heritage DCOE setup is awesome. Looks just like a Weber, but with injectors hidden. Art. All right. Cool. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, Kylod, what's the largest four-wheeled vehicle you've driven? Smallest? Whoever wins gets 20% off Heel & Toe Apparel. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate that, and we appreciate our sponsor, Heel & Toe Apparel. Largest four-wheeled vehicle. So does that and does a dually count? Yeah. That's six, six wheels. wheels. I, mean, I mean, two axles. Okay. Yeah, it counts. I drove a deuce and a half, which is like a military transport Dang, truck. you did? Uh, my friend's dad had one. He was selling it. I was helping him sell it. You, yeah, JT, right? Yep. Well, I've driven a U-Haul, so I won. Dude, no. yeah, no, it's way bigger. No, it dude, is not. This is nuts. Yeah, it is. Uh, then a deuce and a I half. Got hold- yeah, it depends on how you, you define big. Like a tw- like a twenty-two foot you all or whatever. I mean, I've driven RVs, but big as far as like weight and yeah, size and height. All right. Spirit of the question. Spirit of the question. It doesn't have a mom's attic, but I mean, it's doing all right. Uh, yeah, RVs. I don't think that really counts. Spirit of the question, right? Yeah. Well, you said a four-wheel vehicle. Uh, Tom had a, a car in college. It was uh, a GMC crew cab long bed, and it was one of the biggest vehicles I've ever driven. Ridiculous. Uh, my dad had a, I don't know what year it was, probably like a 60, 68 Dodge, like, uh, one ton or something, mm-hmm. four door, uh, pickup, four wheel drive pickup, kind of like that Ford that we saw this weekend, yeah. last weekend, like that, but a Dodge monster, huh? huge, yeah. Those feel like the most inefficient Long bed. fucking cars, yeah, yeah. Had a gun rack in the back window, nice. I drove that Freightliner, that modern semi truck that's converted oh, to look yeah, like a pickup yeah. truck, yeah. That Holy crap, weird. crazy you air brakes. It's insane. Yeah, drive yeah, around the block. It's basically a semi truck. It is. It was so sketchy that immediately I was in over my head. I was thinking this is not How a many good gears? Idea. Yeah, you can't see anything. It was automatic. Oh, weird. Whoa. <laughs> Super easy to drive. How about smallest vehicle? Well, well, hold on, dude. Brian didn't answer yet. Oh, Brian. Hey. Fucking excavator dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that your has dirt. tracks, so if that doesn't... Your well, dirt not wheels at all. Not wheels. If that doesn't count, I drove mad water trucks and dump oh, trucks for basically like... Basically semi trucks. Yeah. Yeah. With all sorts of shifting. Oh, uh, yeah. No clutch needed. Damn. That's cool. I've never done that. It was that. super cool, dude. Yeah. It was a, a really funny. First day on the job, back the dump truck into a giant ditch. Whoa. We had to pull it out with the excavator. Damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, we took pictures. All right. Hey. What's your biggest uh, conquest? Damn, I feel so uh, diminutive here. I, I, was, I think the biggest thing I've driven is like a big-ass Penske truck. Um, so, like... <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, that's that, and then um, I mean, the first one that came to mind was actually a freaking um, uh, big ass uh, Sprinter van, but the the Penske truck would be the biggest, I think. Boring. All right, yeah, you, you lose. Um, what about smallest? I mean, your CRXs, your smart cars, Fiat so. 850 Spider. Oh, that's oh pretty yeah, small. that's really pretty small. tiny. Oh yeah, original Mini Cooper. I've never driven. You've driven one? one? Yeah, Forest. Oh. That's really that's, that yeah. takes the cake then because it's smaller than a smart car. I wonder yeah, if it's smaller than that eight fifty spider though. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Probably is, huh? Definitely wheelbase wise, it's tiny. Mm. Yeah. yeah, there's no overhang. It's that spider. The wheelbase is tiny, but it had huge overhang. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about interior wise. You're still shoulder yeah. to shoulder, but yeah, it's crazy. But we've also driven. You guys have driven like little. Uh, Razors and stuff. I don't know if that really counts. I I, I, I drove a bumper yeah. car on the street. 
bumper cars. <laughs> pretty, pretty small. small. Four so wheels. the smallest car. I mean, small. You can't really see them. I think so. The smallest car for me is uh, maybe oh, maybe there's trike. three wheels. Like a trike. I was trying to talk. Did you have a little Honda or no, something? Well, I I test drove a Honda Z600. Do you know what that is? It's it. I think it's I do. It's a little yeah. tiny hatchback. It's um and it, it's like was that like the first? It was the Honda car. Yeah, and it uses a motorcycle engine. Yeah. It, like in the in U.S., the Honda US. was only known for their motorcycles, yeah, yeah. and they came out with uh, a car, that 600, and they called it the Honda car. They're apparently. actually pretty popular and uh, going up in value. Well, there's... Uh, you drove one well, of those, there's, huh? there's the Honda N360 and N600s. Uh, the, those are... The, oh, the 360s oh, is the one you're thinking. No, no, no. It's the N. N yeah, no, I'm this is a Z. Right, so, so what's the, the Z, Z look is like? The Z is a two-door little hatchback thing, and if you look at the back, the one distinctive feature is that it looks like it has, like... You know those like old school scuba diving goggles, like the big rubber, yeah, rectangular thing. That's what the rear uh, glass looks like on the hatch. Um, yeah, that's that's the one I was. Yeah, thinking that of. thing. So I drove one of those in Santa Barbara, yeah. like when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the smallest thing I've ever driven. Were you thinking about yeah. buying one? Is that why? I was. Yeah, really. Dude. Oh, dude, there's a picture. I'm looking at one, the Z600, and it's kind of rallied out. I see. It's pretty fucking dope. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's like Mini Cooper so. size. It is. It is, yeah. Those, that'd be really oh, cool. Oh, so the N600 is a sedan on that wheelbase. Oh, okay. That's so I was thinking impressive. the Z600. But then the 360 is the one you're thinking of with the little two-stroke motorcycle engine, right? So this, yeah. I think these both had motorcycle engines. This one has... 600 and a 360, shit, I don't right? I know if the 600 is a two-stroke, but it definitely has a little air-cooled motorcycle engine in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, someone was trying to sell one of those for $10,000, and I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Small little thing. Um, okay. Sean Grimes... Radar detectors, snake oil, distracting, useful, any personal experiences, discuss. They're a little bit of all. I mean, they're distracting. Well, you, you you use one every day. Yeah. They're annoying. What do you use, passport? I use a Valentine one. Okay. With uh, that dude, creepy looking guy. That's had the same photo since 1985. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder what he looks like now. Oh, he's just decrepit. Yeah, it's had the same case since 85. Dude, he's rolling in cash, though. Probably. Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah, you're probably right. He made that one chip, and then just that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Has arrows. They're not even the same. Like they're poorly designed arrows too. <laughs> you have not changed that that case ever. I know. It's like GoPro. It's amazing. Dude. Figure it out, GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, has they, it they saved work. you? They work. I've been saved multiple times. All you need so. is to be saved by one ticket. You're saved once. You're all good. Yeah, because it pays for itself. The cost it pays for itself plus the ding on your record. You know everything that goes along with that. Dude, so, yeah. I think we were commuting, and your radar detector saved me once somehow. Oh, probably. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Uh, like, Do I you have one? one? I got one, but it was a super cheap one, a Cobra. Yeah. It's like 100 bucks or something. And, it's dude, it's a weird little marketing game that they have going because, I don't know, like, I, I, I didn't, I never trusted it. It gave me enough false alarms that I was like, you know, and it was like the lower end model where I was like, driving cautiously anyways because I thought it wouldn't pick up a cop and I just there wasn't enough trust built up and it's this weird fuzzy area where it's like you know I don't know what to believe and so I, I just it, it wasn't helping me it was only annoying me so I threw it in the, in the toolbox and never uh, use it again 
but I think I would uh, get value out of using uh, one of the higher end ones. Right. Yeah, I, I felt this. I, I think I had like a cheap one at some point. And I, yeah. I felt kind of the same way where it's like, is it really doing anything? Or, and then it turns into you're just kind of driving fast and you don't pay attention to it. But uh, I don't know. Mine's definitely saved me. And then there's the passport, whatever it is now, whatever they're on to, 9600 or something. Uh, those are really good. So, dude, and it's in a perfect world. I would just like plan on spending the money to get one integrated into every car, so it's like not hanging with wires on your dash. My nine two eight had one hard you know, from back in the day. I forget what the brand was now, but it was hardwired in. Yeah, and it had the little display in the uh, cigarette in the the ashtray and stuff. I think that's illegal. <laughs> What's up? To be uh, hardwired in. I think it's not yeah. legal. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Huh. I don't know. There are some you weird rules. You can't jammers those... and stuff. Yeah, some of those. And in some states, you can't have them, but in oh, okay. California, you can have them. Oh, okay. I had a, we had a customer with a Cayenne Turbo, and it had that exact setup where you open up the ashtray, and it was the display was in there. And he was like, like if a cop pulls you over, you have to close this. And I was like, oh, okay. I he might have jammers, though. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Kept chirping. If a cop pulls you over, he's telling you this when he drops off the car. Yeah, I had to drive it to <laughs> Monterey. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Anyways, it, uh, it was super annoying, and I've never owned one, so I don't have. That's all my experiences. Like false alarms, basically what you described, Brian. Um, Art. Yeah, are you yeah. There? I mean, I think that, that oh. basically when you guys covered. And it. if you drive the same route every day, like I do, you, if there is false alarms, you know where they kind of are, yeah. or if there's. Like there is a few areas where some some for some reason there's just radar there. Yeah. Um, but you know you know of those things. So if you hit, you know, all of a sudden you hear the radar, it's most likely a cop. You know. So here's the thing. So that this this was the setup. You were you had your Valentine one. We're commuting the same freaking commute. Uh, and I think there were one or two times when I went by a cop and my radar did nothing. And then I in, my, in my mind, no, I don't remember what you did, uh, but in my mind, I was like, dude, like, I mean, it could be one, like, he didn't have radar going at yeah, the time. So you can do instant on, and right? Stuff, yeah. uh, or two, my crappy radar detector didn't pick it up, but yeah. because I'm only in my car and I don't oh. have no other reference, like, uh, I, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I think we have a, yeah, a yeah. monkey appearance. <laughs> uh-huh. There's definitely a um, monkey in the house. Um, Art, have you owned a radar no, detector? No, I think I should. Um, because, yeah, like as Lane said, I mean, uh, even when we drove down to Lifficult last year, like I think, you know, it saved us a couple of times. It's, especially if you're doing shit like that, driving in the middle of nowhere at high speeds and there's like no obstructions. I mean, that's when they're ideal, right? Because it, it you know you're not getting, yeah, a, you're not getting a false positive. It's probably a cop, right? So um, yep. I think they have their place. I mean, and you guys pretty much covered what those situations are, but um, yeah. it's really nice on like a rally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. OEM oil leak says, what's your favorite breakfast cereal of today and of all time? So I listen to this podcast, all fantasy, everything. And they do the drafts every week and they drafted cereal last week. Oh. Um, top five cereals. So it's kind of, Maybe that's where he got this idea from, but um, it's kind of uh, like a Totronata question. I think my all, my all time might be like Honey Bunches of Oats with almonds. It's okay, a good one. 
It's not bad. It gets too mushy if you leave it for Whoa. too long. Well, yeah. What doesn't? Grape nuts? Oh, I mean, I could go on. I'm I love me some grape nuts. <laughs> grape nuts are With good. That's syrup. controversial. <laughs> Great, yeah, that is. It is. That's a soggy situation. <laughs> hey, try it for a week. <laughs> and your dumps will be like gold. <laughs> no, that was the commercial. I, I know. Dude, I, know. I don't know. Well, I mean, um, one thing I was going to ask you guys is like, it's crazy how your palate changes, right? Like, I remember being a kid and absolutely loving Frosted Flakes and Golden Grams and like, never and now them. I can't even, I mean, it's so fucking sugary. Like, there's no way I can oh, eat that. Right. I'll fuck up some Frosted Flakes Dude, right now. No way. <laughs> Golden Grams are fucking good. Dude, Golden Grams are good. This is a snack without milk. Like, I'll destroy. Just, I'll skirt those. Like. I'm a, I'm a big cereal person. So I, I'm not a cereal guy. Every so. day cereal. What do you do? Yeah. I switch it up. I'm on a. I'm on a. Yeah, so what's your? You don't stick. Do you don't have like a fa- a staple? I'm on like, a 72 pick wheel that I go around every <laughs> year. You have Got to have one that's a little bit above the rest. I would say if Just I was lately pick one, it's a frosted mini wheats. Gross, Whoa. dude. That was exactly what I was in my head right <laughs> yes. now. That's one I've never been into. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll eat good, them plain. Man. I'll fuck them up when they're yeah. plain. That's so hard to eat plain. You like, need some water or something. No, dude, yeah, honestly, no, that's no. a good road trip snack. Yeah, exactly. Mini wheats guys are crazy. Oh, dude, you're die of fucking asphyxiation from wheat. How about how about all time? No. What's your favorite cereal? Oh, man. Honey Nut Cheerios. That's a great one. Great pick. <laughs> Lane is so stoked. Great pick. I know. Lane hates jet skis and loves cereal questions. Gnarly. <laughs> it's just so solid. Yeah. It's so solid. Yeah. And even when you've it's had them too good. much That's like it. the Porsche 911. You're just like, all right, it's great. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I got it right early on and just stuck with it. Any of you other fools have any... Uh... You know who uh, DP Darren Peterson Cracklin' Oat Brand loved it. Whoa, dude, that's a good cereal. <laughs> I mean, it is, but who's gonna go all <laughs> so in? So much flavor on, so, so on that podcast. The one guy goes, he picked, you know, the tin of um, popcorn you get. Yeah, he picked the caramel popcorn <laughs> and milk, Whoa. and then the host is like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "This isn't shit. You can pour milk over." Like, so, this is- speaking of shit, you can pour milk over. Just straight graham crackers <laughs> and well, milk. That's interesting. Whoa. Delicious. I've never done it that way, but I love a good graham cracker and milk. Get, get like a whole packet, crunch it up, whole milk. Shit. Just that soggy, soggy, soggy quick. Beautiful mess. You gotta work fast. <laughs> Do it in small batches. Yeah, I'm gonna say basic four is real high for me. Oh. I haven't had that in like a hundred years. I know they still made that shit with a little bam. Whoa, the little yogurt covered. Yeah, the ra- I think they're raisins, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, those are beautiful. Art, art, you gotta spit. Dude, I'm, know I'm gonna go boring stuff. here. I think you know, just some good old cornflakes is where I'm at. Really? Yeah. That's good with a little yeah, honey dude, on that, it. That's what? exactly what I was gonna say. You can dress them up with like honey's the best. Uh-oh, dude. We, got, we got a little yeah. injured monkey over here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, cornflakes with blueberries, uh, fruit of choice. Um, and I'll be right back right, after art. these messages. <laughs> Circle, yeah. back. Circle back. Circle <laughs> back. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a. I'm a art, you have to turn you. your microphone <laughs> off. Uh, so, real ones here. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, that was a great question. Hey, what do you guys think about talking about our friends at Heel and Toe Apparel? I think that's a great idea. So, Heel and Toe Apparel slash DWA or Heel and Toe Apparel dot com forward slash DWA. Uh, go to that. He's giving us 20% off for everyone. Um, we could always use some more shirts. And kind of cool shirts are kind of hard to find, you know? Yep, very nice. 
And good quality shirts and, are hard And to find. really good. Yeah, exactly. They're like 32 bucks, and then you get 20% off, so, you know, 26 bucks or so. Well, under that. Um, for killer shirts and cool and designs. And how stuff. long do you keep shirts, really? As long as you can. So long? I've yeah. got a, like a 17 year shirt. Yeah. That's like your average? No. <laughs> oh, it's just one thread yeah. that I wrap around my neck. Um, no, yeah, but like if you get a good shirt that you but like. But I can see the Helix 7 Pro one is lasting a long time. So. Dude, like I used to scoff at prices of like 25 bucks for a shirt. Yeah. But it's like, dude, I get so much freaking value out of that. If you like it. Like spend a few extra bucks for a nice one. You're exactly. living in luxury basically for... Ten years, like yeah. a heel toe apparel, exactly. And his designs are super cool, and they're not they're not like cartoony and stuff. Like some of the cl- the uh, the what is this thing? Blip shift, like blip sh- blip shift shirts are a little kind of cartoony and dorky. It's basically like walking around with a Hot Wheels car. We're gonna burn that after the show, anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All your blip shift shirts, yeah, can convert. But it's just they're like kind of nice and timeless, and you can kind of wear them anywhere, and they're not. Outlandish or anything. I'm surprised you have these shirts. You you own a red pig shirt uh-huh. and the hammer shirt. Yeah. Yet you don't talk much about those cars. I like them. I know. What am I supposed to talk about? No, I'm saying that's that's I've a perfect like example of people wearing shirts that you may yeah. learn something about the yeah. person by the shirt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Learn something about Lane. Yeah. Where's his heel toe apparel? Um. So, yeah, yeah, so check them out, and uh, yeah, just go heontoeapparel.com forward slash DWA, get that 20% off, and uh, buy some for a friend, buy some for you, just buy them, make us look good. We appreciate the sponsorship, and go check them out. All right. Going nowhere slow 70. Hold down the button while pulling the e-brake. Seems totally unnecessary, so Art probably insists on doing no it. No way. Ooh. <laughs> um, no. There's nothing better than that. Yes. Click, 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 click. Yeah, you, get, you, you do it all for the working. clicks. Yeah, so good. Well, when yeah. it's good, right? When it's, it's actually working. nice and tight and, and adjusted correctly. But when oh, it's yeah, well, yeah. What's worse than a freaking one that an e-brake handle that won't it, stop? It goes way up high, right? Just super, super stretched yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, and absolutely does nothing. And for e-brakes the are such a pain in the ass to adjust. Typically, pain I remember my uh, my Jetta. Like, it felt fine. It was totally fine. But I remember getting a driving Brian's Jetta, which had, like, half the miles at the time. And his e-brake was so tight and killer, <laughs> like, compared to mine, just because I fucking yank on that thing every time I stop. Yeah. I, do, I don't use it all that often. Uh, Tucker Wear SB. My five-year-old loves my rusted old E30, which is not rusty, you little punk. But my wife has reservations about the safety of a vintage car. If I'm honest, I probably should be as well. Being fathers as well with young children, how do you balance your family's safety while sharing our passion of older cars? Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Brian just drives 60s verts with kids and stuff. Um, yeah. There's a shoulder shrug I just saw. Is that the is that the method? Shoulder shrug and yo-ho? Yeah, I mean, dude, it, it, I mean, it's definitely kinda, a thought to have. It's definitely a thought. And, and I mean, you know... It's easy to say, oh, you know, people have been driving these cars for years and everybody was fine, and I absolutely believe well, that's and true. Tons of people died, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, <laughs> millions. But I mean, it's people. a different scenario now with all the heavy ass cars driving around, the SUVs. Oh, you're shaking mm. your head. Meaning, I, I feel like it's un- more 
unsafe today than it was in the 60s to drive a six. I think so. I don't know about that. Well, yeah, dude, now cars are actually... going to lose every battle. Yeah, cars actually, like, crush. They collapse now, so they're actually softer when they That's hit you. That's true. Yeah, energy absorption is different. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, back I mean, day, they're, they're all behemoths, though, so, right? No. And people are distracted while no, driving. But the old days, uh, the they cars had, had no out. crumple zones. Yeah. I mean, you Sure, would... but also the speeds were lower back in the days. Nowadays, everyone's going 80 in these giant freaking SUVs. That's true. Yeah, but usually... Yeah. But, I mean... And, and everybody was... had drum brakes, so everybody was like, had that extra... You horrible know. braking ability? Yeah. Well, I mean, for one, if you're in a 60s car, it's front of mind for me, like... Uh, if I drive my uh, Skylark over 17, I have to leave a crazy amount of room compared to other traffic because I know it takes me a long time to stop. Uh, but other people could cut right in front of me and slam on their brakes and without thinking about that. Right. They have no idea. Uh, I mean, the reality of it is I just stick in the slow lane. Everybody passes me and stays in the fast lane, and it really hasn't been an issue. But, um, I, yeah, I, it's an interesting question, I guess. I, I was kind of thinking for sure that it would be more unsafe today. but mm, Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the I don't know I, I think a BMW BMW E30 is a you know fairly safe car. It's I wonder a safe how, car. You know, it's a you know that's a safe car. It has a it has a solid structure. It doesn't have like it has, door it has bars. a soft dash. Door it has bars. door bars. It doesn't have like stuff that's gonna stick out and you're you're gonna be impaled yeah. by when you crash. Yeah. I wouldn't want to like, like roll the thing, but I also wouldn't want to roll many cars. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it's got three point safety belts. Yeah, Art. I think the, the the answer for me here is just you know limit the exposure, right? Like, I mean, Amelia's not riding in the 2002 every day, you know, like I am. But you know, maybe there's that occasional weekend where we go, you know, drive along the beach, like to the beach or something, and along the coast. But um, it's not like we're on long highway drives cruising in like the old tin can. I think that's probably my answer, really, to be honest. I mean, for the most part, we're cruising in 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 the safer modern, you know, X1. Uh, if we're going to go somewhere far away, uh, I know we did with the M5, uh, we, you know, for that kind of, we did, uh, do the weekend trip thing as the family sedan. Um, but I mean, it, again, it was like once, you know, not, not like a daily occurrence. Yeah. But the M5 is very safe. I would right? argue. Yeah. yeah. Compared to most cars of that vintage, um, up there. I think a lot, of, a lot of it does just come down to, you know, you kind of choose to to not think about that in a way, you know, and you're like, yeah, all right, you, like every, you walk down the street and you get hit by a car. But it's yeah. the same you have to have that kind of mentality. Of driving like a, let's say you owned a two CV Citron, you yeah. would never drive it if you your rationality overcame. Of course, you know, like the decision to drive that car would be unsafe every or time. Or car, yeah, you know, basically. Or like, how about a Long Hood? Yeah, nine eleven. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're little, low, yeah. pretty, flimsy little cars that, yep. for the era, they were good. But... Or a Buick Skylark that breaks from 60 and 3,000 feet, you know? <laughs> right, it's, right. You know, stuff like that. Exactly. And uh, uh, accident avoidance is almost non-existent. You just kind of have to pick your battles. I know that when I look for cars to replace, like, when I'm looking for, like, a Volvo wagon, in the back of my mind, it's like, it's cool, it's, it has a vintage feel, but it's also safe. If I do want to take my family or, you know, little yeah. ones, totally fine. Right. Yeah. So Mercedes Benz also in that, that wheelhouse BMW. Yeah. 
I mean, Volvo and Mercedes are probably the leaders in safety throughout like, the last half century. Or I, wa- I wonder how that compares. Uh, it would be difficult to have real tests, right, because the tests have changed over the years. But if you compared the tests that they run today on today's car with you know, they're pretty standardized. I mean, they've been doing the same braking. Uh, Didn't know, haven't they? Over the years, they've added like the different yeah. angles that they're hitting. Yeah, they definitely and, added stuff. And, but there's, and I mean, the safety is insanely different now. Like, yeah, all the airbags. I don't know how you could compare a five star rating from 1984 with a five star rating today. They didn't because, have a rating system back there. Well, okay, so, so that yeah. proves the point even more. It's yeah. like you know, these things have changed. The tests have changed, and. A hundred percent on the scale has but changed. But Volvo right? and Mercedes have been doing things that other manufacturers weren't doing. So they were doing stuff in the eighties that manufacturers didn't do till till the two thousands and stuff yeah. like airbags, you know, analog brakes, and they were doing uh, the engine going underneath and dropping impact down bumpers, all that. Big, yeah, all that stuff. But uh, I saw a great video, and I think it's probably still on YouTube. 1960 uh, Bel Air oh, versus yeah, the, a 2005 Malibu. Something like that. So head-on collision, or it might have been offset collision, but head-on, you know? And you would think the 60 Bel Air is, weighs a ton. It's got thick steel, huge frame, beefy engine. Like, it's going to destroy that Malibu. Malibu's going to be dust afterwards. The, the new Malibu crumples and goes completely through the old car. It ends up with the bumper into the driver's cabin crushing the seat of the the old car and they they could probably walk away from was it was it this is like a real accident yeah they did like a, a slow-mo head-on collision on, oh so it was a fabricated accident like this was yeah a, yeah fabricated was a, a test a test um, you know remember Saab would send every accident in sweden they would send a whole crew out to the scene of the accident yeah and do full-on investigations wow. of every Saab that crashed mm. yeah that was uh, kind of a big thing I, I just watched a video like last week actually of the new volvo xc90 and they were doing the where you hit a wall like straight on but the but the wall is in the middle so it's like the off the offset, offset one mm-hmm. and it's on the driver's side um and it's like 50 miles an hour or whatever it is. Jesus. Dude, it's crazy. It just totally absorbs everything. But the footwell, like the whole, like it's almost like a cock, the whole cockpit isn't affected at all. Right. But the car is like totally destroyed. The wheel goes flying off. Like, and, and this whole, this little cabin area, you know, monocoque almost is like completely secured, not impended, you know, not, not hurt yeah. at all. I wonder if manufacturers openly share safety developments like that. I mean, like, I would guess that there's some intellectual property that the car manufacturers, like, hold pretty tight. But I wonder if there's, like, a different thing when it comes to safety. Like, everything that Saab learns and Volvo learns, GM could benefit from if they wanted to. Like, didn't Volvo or Mercedes, one of them was, like, the, one of them created the three-point belt right the yeah and they automatically like shared it to everyone Um, yeah and they had those when like american manufacturers i think didn't even you know a lot of them didn't even have seat belts and stuff so yeah i don't know it's not an easy question but i mean yo hole is kind of kind of an answer yeah it's i mean because yeah there's been a lot of safety developments uh in the past two decades and 
or I mean, five years, dude. Like, yeah, you know, it's crazy. But I mean, if it can probably it can escalate like crazy too. Like your mind can make a really big deal out of it. The uh, it's like a safety arms race. But I don't know. Like you said, it's risky walking down the street, and it's, I don't know. There's there's also an element of like wanting to pass on the passion that you have for this stuff to your kids and having them in a bubble isn't necessarily yeah, if you want like to be as the way to as do possible, that. You would never leave your house and you would never do all, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, crazy about that stuff, but like every day you make decisions to, you know, show them different parts of life. And if you were only worried about safety, that would yeah really limit your options, I guess. But Next question. This is a weird one. And I don't know how far we want to get into it. Cause it's, kind of obscure but uh let's pit a uh, brief 61 asks let's pit jdm art against jaded lane with a ten thousand dollar project he says keep and fix the 944 turbo i don't have a 944 turbo so let's drop the turbo keep and fix the 944 or build a k-series swapped dc chassis integra well, if he gets to do a K-series swap, I get to use an I-44 Turbo. The battle of current fascination versus golden era Honda nostalgia. What's current fascination? Don't ask me. I didn't write Well, the just like Porsches are popular. Or... Current fascination? That's been my fascination since I was like a little boy, so. Well, I think the, the difficulty here is trying to pit JDM art against uh, lane hate because he's picking a front-wheel drive car and... and Art has already said that he's not into yeah. JDM Art's over that, That's right? So I think JDM Art would probably maybe, agree. Maybe that... he's not saying pit them against each other. He's saying, would you rather fix the 944 or build this Integra? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to build that Integra. <laughs> life dependent on it, but... even though Lane, like to, to get off this island, you must build the Integra. <laughs> now I'm good here. Yeah, there's cool. coconuts, cool, bro. Dude, yeah. There's plenty of coconuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dude, uh, so the, the back in the day, what he's describing would have been like the ultimate kind of iteration of the DC chassis. Like, I mean, it, a sick ass K20, high revving, decent torque, good power. Um, that was right as I was like kind of ending my love for the whole Integra front wheel drive Honda scene because um, at the time those motors were still very expensive. They came out of RSXs, um, or you can import the Japanese ones and. They in California. There's also another major hindrance is that uh, they weren't. Um, there was no way to make them legal, like car uh, or bar certified. So in this state, um, it was like some crazy fucking forbidden fruit. Um, it was really expensive and it was not really streetable. So um, I, I mean, they're cool. I never actually got into them myself because I didn't get a chance to. Um, I would way, way much more rather, uh, I guess, call it my current fascination and go with the 944 turbo route because that's still a car that I'd like to own and experience. And, uh, I mean, it seems like an awesome chassis, a lot of potential. And, um, I like that, you know, rear wheel drive, 50 50 weight distribution, um, over like what I would consider kind of a kid's car these days. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So Art and I are building a 944 turbo together. Oh, that's so, that's so happening. It's nice. All right, uh, you got it. Jobin says, "What period correct wagon would you want to roll up in for Radwood?" So eighty, eighty through ninety nine wagon. How about Volvo seven forty turbo with the full like I, I don't know if it was Zender, I don't know which kit it was, but they had a gnarly kit, dude. 
like body colored with a big spoiler on the back and stuff. That could be kind of dope. That'd be cool, for sure. Backwards facing seat, of course. Obvious. What other period correct wagon? Dude, I really want to pick a uh, first year uh, minivan. Is that counting as a no, wagon? No, not at all. <laughs> not even close. Dude, it's kind of. <laughs> no. Maybe, well, maybe that Ford first Explorer, year. Like the first it's the whole one. reason they invented the minivan, because it's not a wagon. Maybe maybe that first year they didn't hey, have that Hey, what are you doing category. out there, Brian? Just making noise? <laughs> I'm just making noise. Mm. Dude. Stacking bottle get, caps. Brian, we need to get you one of those uh, spinner things. Oh, I got a couple. You want to use one? Yeah, Do you man. have one? Yeah. If I, just something to play with while we're chatting, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be yeah, great. that's right, Rally. <laughs> um... How about like a a really well done square Subaru wagon? Oh, interesting! Like a GL, a Loyal, a GL. Oh, yeah, GL Loyal, whatever. Loyal with cheese. You sound excited, Lane. Um, but what? How is it done up though? Like I, that. Uh, how about a Datsun Five Ten wagon? Ooh, too, too early. early. What were the wagons? A B ten, B two ten, B two ten. Did they even make them in the 80s? Uh, I don't yeah. think they did. How about a, a Dasher wagon or something? Oh, Fox. How about a Volkswagen Fox? If you oh, wanted cool. to go with that style, uh, though, like with the, the 510 kind of look, you could do like an early 80s Corolla wagon. Those existed. Uh-huh. Um, I yep. actually, I don't know. I don't Rear think this is, was ever made. I, I, at least I've never seen one. But I would want to do like a an AMG Hammer-esque um, W124 wagon. That's a good call. I thought about that. How about an AMC Eagle Whoa. or whatever? Oh, uh, Lane wins. Whatever. Lane Obvious, wins. Right? That's yep. the winner. AMC Eagle. Brian, where were you? <laughs> or how about a, um, what's the Buick Roadmaster with the wood and everything? I was thinking about that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That's still not that cool yet. Brad Wood. And what if you did it? I would rather see a Dodge Aries wagon with the wood paneling. Or oh, they, the Dodge Aries, dude, yeah, that's pretty some good. Fender one of my buddies in high school had one. It was a Reliant no. with the freaking oh, wood, God, with the fake wood paneling outside. Yeah, and those had the, it was like the kind of the woody style wood where it had the, the outline as well. Terrible. Like the big thick. Yeah. 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 The, the good stuff. So bad. The good wood. The good stuff. <laughs> that good land. Dude, I'm excited about our uh, our little AMC or whatever it is. Uh, someone needs to bring one. But did you guys see someone signed up for Radwood loyal, uh, royalty today with a 1987 Toyota SR5 Back to the Future clone? Whoa. I did not see that. That's, that's amazing. a hell of an Mike advertisement for Radwood. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Um, so, Moto Sapiens, last question. Since Art Seas is always on the hunt for the next car, when the 2002 and NSXE love wears off, what might the next purchase be? Dude, you can't <laughs> ask him that. We've been going through this for the last, we like, three episodes. That. Don't. We'll get yeah, to that later. Been, it was all about what is he going to buy. He's we'll like, oh, I want to buy this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These no. 40 cars. No, it's like no, 35. Come on, you guys are timeout. Denied. Denied. You're on timeout. All right, that's a podcast. It is. Go to radwood.co, go to heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash DWA. Yep. If you want to listen to another cool podcast, tune in on Sunday. Radwood is a little over two weeks away. Get in so, there. So get your shit in gear, sign up, radwood.co or .org. I like .org because .co, I think they want to write com. Mm. It's just a little confusing, you know. But, um, But, yeah, get signed up. Even if you're not bringing a car, just sign up so we know you're coming. 
And, and uh, we officially locked down uh, one of the best taco trucks in the city. So come out and have some killer tacos, too. Ooh, like Ooh. That's an incentive. Yeah, that. All right, Art. Don't All right, have. later, dudes. Later. Bye. Bye. Cheerios. That's a great one. Great pick. <laughs> Lane is so stoked. Great pick. I know. Lane hates jet skis, loves cereal questions. <laughs>